This is MuggleCast, the Harry Potter podcast discussing everything about J.K. Rowling's wizarding world. Welcome to MuggleCast episode 360. So much MuggleCast in March. MuggleCast March. More MuggleCast March because we have a new Fantastic Beast: The Crimes of Grindelwald trailer. An hour and 15 minutes or so, and the last episode was not enough. We wanted to record another episode right after episode 359 to get in feedback from our listeners. We got lots of voicemails to get to today. We're also going to hear from our patrons who are listening live right now. And we're also going to discuss the new Wizarding World franchise logo, surprisingly detailed. Yeah. So we've all had a few days, wink, wink, to... <laughs> uh, days? More like minutes. Calm down. I know. Shh, oh, sorry. Shh. Sorry. Spoiler to, alert. behind the veil there, Micah. To, to, to breathe after that new trailer. There's so much. And wow, my opinion on it has really changed over the past few minutes. I mean, days. Ever since that big revelation. Yeah. The one J.K. Rowling actually set out quite prophetically by us. We were like, oh, man, she could afford to answer some questions. She actually went and answered every question every person sent her on Twitter. She said that scene where Dumbledore says it can't be me to go after Grindelwald was an explicitly gay moment that is now explicitly gay in canon. Crazy. No. So we're going to play lots of voicemails from listeners who have called in. I wanted to start actually with this comment from Jenny. We're just going to dive right back into the discussion. Jenny, who's listening live on Patreon, she says, is it just me or does it look like Credence is able to detach the Obscurus from his body when he, when he sends it from the palm of his hand on the roof? So I actually wanted to discuss that. What is going on? He shouldn't be able to detach the Obscurus from his body. Because then he, you're not really cursed with the Obscurus if you can remove it. Well, it's like a parasite. It's described as being... A, I feel like even in the first Fantastic Beasts movie, there's a little bit of a difference between... Sometimes he transforms into the Obscurus, and then sometimes the Obscurus is, like, outside of him. Like, I really think that, like, it makes up his body. He's able to be conscious when he is the Obscurus, but also they are separate or can exist separately in the same room together. I, I just feel like that's a thing. Like, I feel like, cause when, when Graves um, is confronted by Credence, right. Uh, does he necessarily like become the beast then? I feel like we've seen it both ways. I just really do. It reminded where... me of a Mortal Kombat moment where like Scorpion, Scorpion. or Sub-Zero yeah. shoots the, ice out of his hand and get over here yeah (laughs) absolutely that's a good good call but Um, i i to me that would be troubling right if so i i guess you could look at it in in two different ways one would be the troubling side of things the other would be that he's found this ability to be able to harness his power right to be able to control the obscurus and that's obviously a great thing given his situation in fantastic beasts one and you know also seeing him side by side on this roof with the maledictus who we know has a blood curse and it is probably 
dealing with very similar circumstances, but it also can be a very dangerous thing, right? If, if his ability falls into the wrong hands, uh, much like Grindelwald was pursuing him in, in the first film, I would think depending on what side he chooses to align himself with and looking at that chart on the wall that we saw in the sewer, knowing that he is potentially related to the Lestranges, I don't know, that, that could spell some trouble there. Here's another question coming in over on Patreon from Sam. The circus seemed to be outside in the middle of a Paris neighborhood, but with people floating in magic bubbles. Do you think that the French ministry is so lax that magic can just be used blatantly <laughs> in the middle of a city? How do they stop muggles walking by and seeing? I didn't get the impression that it was outdoors looking. I thought it was sort of just a large... T- I'm going to look again. Of no, course. it's definitely outdoors. Yeah, because you see yeah. storefronts in the background. Well, just think of it as like a Diagon Alley. Diagon Alley is technically outdoors. It's also oh, completely mm-hmm. and 100% shielded from muggles. Right. So it could be that type of situation where this is a wizard's only zone. But I do like the idea that the French are more relaxed when it comes to wizard muggle relations, more progressive, I guess. Coming to my country, you know. Yeah, maybe they're, or, or maybe they only accept, maybe they're completely chill with wizards so long as they serve as entertainers. (laughs) <laughs> like, wow, how are these people floating in buzz- bubbles? Well, I guess they're just really talented muggles, non magique or they are just uh, wizards, but that's cool because they don't bother me. Yeah, <laughs> it's possible. But also remember that when we talked about this circus before, part of the reason why we thought it left the New York, right, was because of the the potential threat that it could pose to exposing wizard and kind to those that were looking to do uh serious harm to them. So yeah, it's certainly possible that that the French could have a little bit more lax position on these types of things. I'm looking at the screenshot right now. It's definitely outdoors in the middle of a street. Yeah. Uh, but perhaps this is a wizarding community. Perhaps um, maybe there was a, a spell or a charm that was put on this area similar to what they do for the Quidditch World Cup. Yeah, I think that's realistic. I I, I see it now. Um, I'd like for Rowling to do like each country has its own backwards way of doing things like she did with America. But um, I think right now, the ob- I think we're just meant to believe that there's probably protections on it. I feel like that w- that will be one of the fun parts of this franchise on a whole. We're presumably going to a different country in each movie, and it would be kind of boring if each one had similar rules. So I think these films also serve as a canon lesson, Wizarding World canon lesson. We get to learn about the different Wizarding Worlds. Yeah. Where's movie three? Germany, do we think? Or Italy or Spain? Those are the three that are coming, right? I can't remember. I think it was based on the order that uh, J.K. Rowling had tweeted out in those different languages. But Yeah, that was the guess. The other thing, too, about the circus is that you think about what any of us went to a circus if we went to a circus, right? You can suspend your belief a little bit more. So I don't know Mm. if a circus necessarily would be something that non-magical people would 
take issue with initially. Now, certainly if you have people floating around in bubbles, I think that's a little bit extreme. But you know, just the whole concept of a circus or you expect to see things that are oddities or you expect to see things that are a little bit outside of the norm, right? Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, so maybe that's that plays into this. And, and I'm actually looking on the left-hand side of the the circus, sort of like the exterior of it. And it does say maledictus with a picture of what looks like a snake. That's and then on the right-hand side, it has something called Ani Ani. Uh, and I do remember, and it, it looks like it has either a Japanese or a Chinese character on it. So mm-hmm. it, it wasn't there a quote from Eddie Redmayne saying that they come up against a very formidable Asian beast in this film? Uh, yeah. I want to say Chinese, but yeah. That's amazing. I don't remember that. That's amazing. The, this thing looks pretty ugly. I'm just going to say that right now. Like, <laughs> That that looks pretty nasty if you come up uh, against something like that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I don't I don't think you would have something as prominent as that on the front of the circus, you know, sort of juxtaposed with the maledictus, unless it's going to actually play a role in the in the film. That's a fair guess. I did look up the tweet. It's um, the third film will be presumably Germany, uh, followed by Spain, followed by Italy. Mm-hmm. I would hope not. And the reason why I say that, and I know that the most of the movie needs to take place in Europe uh, as sort of we build up uh, to to World War II, but uh, I, I would hope that you would go beyond sort of that European border. I, I know, yes, the first movie was in New York, but thinking through like Africa, you know, the Far East, Australia, there are other places for, for these films to go, despite what J.K. Rowling tweeted, I think. You know, it doesn't get ex- the world doesn't expand enough by just staying within that those European countries. I would agree, um, especially after J.K. Rowling did that amazing writing on Pottermore about Mahatakura and all the other Wizarding World schools, not just in Europe but around right. the world. Right. I wanted to briefly complain about something, and I want to compare it to Star. No place on this show. I want to compare it to Star Wars. So at the end of this, we hear this updated Hedwig's theme. And we all love Hedwig's theme. It's been so closely associated with Harry Potter. But why do they have to modernize Hedwig's theme? Can't we just keep the classic John Williams? And I was thinking, if Star Wars modernized their... People would lose their minds. I think we should be rising up and fighting against this modernized Hedwig theme. Who's saying it's modernized? Couldn't they have worked the other way and unmodernized it? They they did mod, but it's like it's like. Hold on, let me play that. Okay, the ends. synthesized it's tribal drums it's war it's well i i think that we're going to be talking a lot on this episode about the wizarding world and the greater expanding story what's happened is that hedwig's theme is they're just taking it with them so that is no longer gonna just harry's theme that is the theme for the entire wizarding world they ever make a quidditch through the ages movie it's gonna have that theme in it so this is my other point why can't fantastic beasts have its own theme why do we have to carry over hedwig's theme which it is called 
Hedwig's theme. Yeah. I don't see Hedwig showing up in Fantastic Beasts anytime soon. Maybe she's living in the Newt case. Maybe she's hanging out. Maybe maybe she's related to Lita Lestrange, just like Credence. I don't know. Possible. Uh, yeah, Anything's I, possible. I think that... Um, what about Pickett's theme? Pickett's theme. Well, yeah, it's, they're, they're clearly themed. Like, the the Fantastic Beasts score has themes for each... Dougal's theme. Dougal's theme. I have it on vinyl, actually, that reminds me. Um, but uh, there are themes in Fantastic Beasts for each character, but they're just not the recognizable. But what's the title theme of Fantastic Beasts? It's apparently Hedwig's theme. Well, Do that we is know? it, yeah. The opening main title for Fantastic Beasts starts with Hedwig's, you know theme jenny says andrew you were mad when they used the normal one in the first one which is it <laughs> make up your mind <laughs> well look i will concede that i did like when it was in the first trailer for the first movie but now i think we got to move on like in the first movie it worked for promotional material because you had to connect the dots but now we have hogwarts in this trailer we don't need hedwig's theme got hogwarts you got dumbledore yeah you got enough monitor this synthesized Hedwig's they're never going to let that go though because that's always what's going to be able to connect people back to Potter Ah, so fine but just I'm fine with it play the classics the the simple so what I was going to ask earlier is do we know who is composing the score for this film Um, let me google it for you is it the same person that did Fantastic Beasts not I don't even know who that first one was uh, apparently James Newton Howard, who did do the first one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Apparently, just, he knows how to work a synthesizer. It's so iconic. It, it it may change forms, pitches, but it's not gonna. It's not going away. Fine, fine. Unless you want to compose your own theme. <laughs> oh God, for that would be Fantastic great. Beast, and then I think honestly, you know, you might have a gripe. All right, maybe I will order a keyboard and start tinkering around with it and try to come up with my own theme. Um, By the way, we were theorizing for a while that maybe Newt's Fantastic Bees book release party would, that that Saturday, March 19th date, that would be used to reveal the trailer. We got got close, only six days. I guess we did get close. I wonder what's actually happening on the 19th then. Hopefully they do something. Yeah, I hope so, too. But, you know, this trailer also did kind of kill the theory that Newt ends up in Paris because of his book release. Yeah. It, it, the, if the, the trailer did confirm Dumbledore sent him there for some reason, probably Grindy. Mm-hmm. Or Nicholas Flamel. Mm-hmm. Or that, yep. We are about to get to voicemails, but first... Our first sponsor this week. From the network that brings you This Is Us comes the next great drama, Rise. From the producer of the acclaimed Broadway musical Hamilton and the producer of Friday Night Lights and Parenthood, it's an amazing new drama inspired by a true story. Tuesdays on NBC. When a dedicated teacher takes over a high school's failing theater department, he'll change the lives of seven kids and transform a town. The critics rave that Rise promises glee-style musical euphoria and that it's a hit in the making. And Entertainment Tonight says, we haven't been this instantly smitten with a drama since we watched This Is Us. Rise stars Josh Radner, Rosie Perez, and the voice of Moana, Ali'i Cravalho. USA Today raves, Ali'i Cravalho steals the spotlight. You'll see why Variety calls Rise a hit in the making. 
Don't miss Rise, 9, 8 Central, Tuesdays after The Voice on NBC and streaming now on the NBC app. Let's listen to a few voicemails now. Here we go. Hey, MuggleCast, it's Lyndon out here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, so I just wanted to react on the trailer that came out today. Um, it looks great, especially Jude Law. He gets the subtleties of Dumbledore just fine, I would say. And um, good news, we get to see a li- uh, bit more beasts. Uh, I saw some dust rolls. And I think the question on everyone else's mind, especially you guys, is the uh, move at the end. Uh, what kind of spell do you think Newt is doing? And it's like he's pounding the ground with it. It looks pretty cool. Um, thanks, guys. Can't wait for the movie. Take care. Bye. Yeah, you may recognize it from the Mario video games. It is a ground pound with a wand. <laughs> <laughs> the red red sparks or red... Uh, it, it, it occurs to me that I don't... Is Theseus a Gryffindor? Did we figure that out? Um, what does that have to do well, with anything? Well, I don't, I don't think uh, spell colors correspond with your house. Although well, that remember, would be cool. Well, whenever uh, Harry, like gets his wand for the first time it shoots red sparks and you're like gee i wonder what house he's going to be in hogwarts mm-hmm. um but then newt's a hufflepuff anyway i bring it up because it's a red light so i don't really know does that mean it's a protective spell if it's red something about warmth and redness or it's really hard to say the avada Kedavra death curse is green so i always assume red is like purity hmm. like harry's jet of of magic against voldemort is red yeah. So maybe it's just that it's protective, good magic. Although I guess if it were like a shield charm, it would be white. Those are traditionally more like beam of pure light type white. The fact that it's red tells me it's maybe defensive and light magic. Yeah, I really have uh, no clue. I mean, it, <laughs> it's clear that they're in a graveyard, right? Yeah. We said that. Yeah, yeah. I don't, whether it was earlier on in this episode or or the one that we did earlier this week, but it's just very hard to tell. Like, are they protecting something? Uh, it it looks defensive because of all the action that precedes it, almost like they're uh, trying to ward something off. But at the same time, I wonder could they be trying to protect something that is in that graveyard? There does seem to be the the line kind of creates the white there. The red light creates sort of a perimeter kind of after they do that yeah. on the ground, it forms, it looks like sort of a fault line yeah. of protection. So I do, th- I do think that's pretty astute, like keeping something in, keeping something out. Red means stop. Red, <laughs> red. You shall not pass. Red does mean stop. Here's our next voicemail. Hi, my name is Alana from New Jersey. I'm calling with my feedback on the fantastic, the Nuke um, Fantastic Beast trailer. I watched it today, and my first thought was, why are they operating in Hogwarts? That's <laughs> one of the key things, is you can't operate in Hogwarts. I like that we're going to Hogwarts, but I just want to know why that was allowed. Thanks. I wonder, would fans rather not see Hogwarts <laughs> or operate to Hogwarts? <laughs> we we talked about this in the last show. Yeah. Either that spell isn't there yet, or the fact that the government was coming, they lowered the protections temporarily to receive them as guests. And yeah. remember, it's not a call necessarily that Dumbledore would make at this point in time because he's not headmaster. So 
Eric, you raise a great point. If if the government is showing up, whoever the headmaster is at that point could easily have lowered protections or allowed permissions for them to show up. So mm-hmm. uh, I th- just happen to think that it may not be something that is in place at this point. Maybe something happens between now and Harry arriving. But didn't you in the last episode also mention that it's in Hogwarts of History? It is in Hogwarts of History. So that uh, would lead to... me to believe that it's been in place for a pretty long period of time. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be, right? As long as Hogwarts of History was updated within the last 50 or 60 years uh, at the time of Harry's first year and Hermione's yeah. read a fairly recent edition. I mean, maybe they just didn't have these crazy incidents taking place hundreds of years ago, right? I mean, not that every student behaves themselves, but... I I could see why you'd want protection around the school. You just don't want yeah. random people showing up there, and who yeah. knows what. So, yeah, uh, it's a good question. It, it it's honestly the first thing that popped into my mind, Alana, when when I saw the trailer. Mm-hmm. We we've it's something we've heard many many times, and something Dumbledore explicitly states as as a special exception that he has that being headmaster allows him to apparate in and out of Hogwarts. Okay, here's our next voicemail. Hi, MuggleCast. This is Shannon from Toronto. I just watched the new Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald trailer, and I just had a couple of random thoughts, so I thought I would call in. The first one is, although it's great to see Jacob back and part of the team, and it was pretty obvious that he was going to be back and with the team anyway, um, I'm happy to see it right there in the trailer, but kind of makes me wonder what was the point in erasing his memory in the first place if he's just going to get it back. So curious to see where that storyline goes. Um, the second is that I'm just really happy that the movie still seems like it's centered around Newt. And there are quite a few beasts in the trailer still as well. I was really worried that that was just going to get old fast and they were just going to get away from the beasts uh, really quickly. And in real life, I'm actually an animal trainer, and I'm a wildlife educator as well, so Newt has quickly become pretty much my favorite character in all of Harry Potter. I like to pretend that if I was a witch, that I would have his job, and I would be traveling the world discovering these animals, so um, I just love all of those storylines the most, and I'm happy to see that uh, it seems like they're still going to be in this movie a lot. So anyways, um, I'm excited to see or hear what you guys think of the new trailer. Love the show. Thanks. Bye. Thank in you, terms Shannon. Of, yeah. In terms of Jacob, it created a very emotional ending, losing his memory. And it it made sense in terms of where the characters were at that time and wizard muggle relations at that time so i liked it i i have no regrets about it even if he is quickly getting it back in the second movie she raises a good point though how does he just show up in the trailer like nothing's happened it, and not that they're going to give that away necessarily in in a trailer but it it would be helpful to provide a little bit of context instead of him just showing up and he's ready to join the next great adventure that he has. Well, what's he really going to be able to do too? I mean, the stakes are so much higher uh, when there's open warfare than, than necessarily like that, which he had to deal with when there were just a couple beasts loose in New York. You know, there, there's very quickly going to be a lot more circumstances where Jacob needs to kind of, hide in this in the case or something for protection 
Mm. Um, because he can't defend himself. It doesn't actually make oh. sense for the Jacob character to go into, go further in these films, really, because he won't be able to defend himself. Uh oh. Yeah. What are you saying, Eric? You already helped to uh, off one character in our last episode. Are you going for Jacob this episode? Who did I off the last time? Serafina. No, well, yeah, she's gone. Or maybe that um, was me. I, I might have done that. She, no, we it's all Lego. came to that conclusion. Oh, yeah. No, it's Lego. That's it's right. Lego. Lego's Lego off did it. Serafina. Well, I, I think that I don't, I, if I can make a prediction, I don't think Jacob will be the center or the heart, the emotional weight of this film the way he was the first one. I don't uh, think they're likely to repeat that. I think. I, I disagree with that. I mean, I think he'll be the comic relief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As will Dumbledore, probably. Yeah. But I like where you were going with that. Eric about Jacob having to hide away in the suitcase. Maybe that's why he is so excited when Newt says you're coming with me. On the other hand, I think the assumption was he's just excited because he loves helping Newt. <laughs> magic. That's stuff. what we learned in the first movie. Yeah. I love magic. I no, I want to be a wizard. I want to be a wizard. Sorry, confusing my cheesy Harry yeah. Potter franchise lines. How dare you? You sound like uh, Sam Tarly from Game of Thrones. Was there a second question in Shannon's voicemail? I forget. Uh, she she's an animal trainer, so she and so Newt's her favorite character, which was sweet. Oh yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. Let's go down to Alabama. Hi, Michael Cast. This is uh, Timothy from Alabama. Been listening since August 2005, I think, since I was 11, Damn. and uh, first time caller. So I love the new trailer. It's amazing. Um, really excited got me really excited much more than i thought um you guys probably are going to notice every little crazy thing by pausing and going frame by frame but um <laughs> yep at about 115 it looks like a family tree with someone named corvus lestrange hard to read and it seems like this person fathered both Lita lestrange and credence barebones not know what's up with that they seem to be step siblings or something Credence's mom, it looks like something like Clarice Tremblay. It's really hard to read, but it definitely says Lita Lestrange, and it definitely says Credence, and it seems like they have the same father or something. Um, and there's weird racialized, like, avatars for them. I don't understand that. Um, but a lot of other cool stuff. We get first look at the Chinese beast at 117, an illustration of it at least. There's a whole sensor dedicated to beasts at uh, 1 minute and uh, 9 seconds. So Eric's going to be happy. Tons of beasts. Um Eagles at 49 seconds, not subtle in the Hitler imagery. Um, but anyway, yeah, sorry, I'm rambling. Uh, great trailer. Hope you guys uh, enjoy it too. That's a great work unpacking a lot of that, Timothy. And I, I think that brings up an interesting question. What we thought was the French Ministry of Magic, we couldn't, we talked about this in between recording last episode and this episode. We couldn't tell why there were beasts kind of displayed on the atrium ceiling, but Timothy seems to think it's a center for the study of beasts. So if that's mm. true, I actually like that a lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that could also be possible given that Newt is headed to Paris. Maybe he is going there because they have this center for the study of, of beasts. But I like the idea also of, of it almost being a tracking mechanism. So all these different beasts that we see up in the ceiling area, Maybe the ministry is keeping close watch on the different beasts that they are aware of. Uh, it, it's definitely in France because of of the names of all the beasts are in French. But certainly uh, another another 
good possibility that that this isn't the ministry that it is that it's in fact uh some sort of uh study hall um but but very uh i hate i hope timothy doesn't hate that i say you got eagle eyes good sir um yet again this this family tree thing with corvus the strange and lita being credence's half brother i guess it would be if they both have the same father and different mothers they'd be half siblings yeah so what this means and we talked about this i think at length in the last episode so i don't want to reiterate too much but i'm not 100 percent proud or pleased of how small the world is becoming ultimately we recently found out that lita lestrange is married to or engaged to newt's brother theseus so that would make credence newt's sister-in-law's half-brother and these are just strangers that like they don't not everybody needs to be related right in this world but that's the way it works right like these these strangers who he ran into in new york the other continent just happens to be his sister-in-law's half-brother why why does at this point it holds no emotional weight for me i'll be honest i i can't do that math yeah (laughs) but I'm, I'm glad that you can, uh, but I think yeah. it's not uncommon though for there to be these, uh, you know, interfamily relations amongst wizards and witches, right? We we saw it in the Potter series, so uh, yeah. I, I I just think we're seeing, to your point, the world coming a little bit closer together, and, and there's nothing wrong with that because that needs to happen in in order for the story to evolve, right? You you can't just have these characters at these desperate ends of the spectrum that, that don't have some sort of relation to each other. Well, I sure hope Tina and Newt aren't related. Not yet. (laughs) They will be in the future. Spoiler alert. That's a good point. Darn. um, And and I'm trying to also uh, see what uh, Timothy mentioned at 49 seconds. He, He referenced an Eagle. Is that what's above Grindelwald and Rossier, or I—I I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, is there a stat? I think he's talking about the statue at the top, oh, towards the yeah, left. I, yeah, I see what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. There's one it's on, on the, the left other side too. Right. It just seems decorative to me. I, I'm not sure there's much to say about that though. I need to brush up on my World War II symbolism. Yeah. To be honest, <laughs> that's again another good catch by him. A lot, a yeah. lot of stuff that. Uh, we touched on in the previous episode, particularly about the weird criminal minds CSI chalk wall that's in the sewer there with with Lita and Credence's name on it. All right, let's continue listening to what our listeners have to say. Hey guys, this is Rebecca from Maryland, just calling in with my reactions to the Fantastic Beast trailer. First of all, I almost cried when we saw Hogwarts again. Like, I went years thinking I may never see that for the first time on the big screen in my adult life. So that was really good to see. I'm excited for that to go back. Um, Second, like, I knew Jude Law with Dumbledore. I've known since it was announced. But, like, actually seeing him as young Dumbledore... There's uh, some feelings there. I'll just leave it at that. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that I'm going to enjoy that. <laughs> However, the apparating onto Hogwarts grounds threw me for a loop. Like as soon as I saw that bit, I was like, "What is this?" Um, I don't know if maybe that's always been the law, 
for the role there, or maybe that wasn't enacted until after this time period. So I was just curious your thoughts on that. And also, Johnny Depp looked absolutely horrible. That made me feel good considering things. So, yeah, looking forward to hearing what you guys think. Bye. All right. Differing with Eric and I about Grindelwald's appearance, very much liking Dumbledore's appearance, like we all said. That was a good point about seeing Hogwarts for the first time in our adult lives. Many of us grew up with the Harry Potter books and films when we were younger, and it's been, it'll have been seven years since we last saw Hogwarts on the big screen. So going back and seeing it after we've all presumably changed a decent amount over the past seven years to see the castle again on the big screen, paying for a movie ticket when we have student loans now to pay for and cars and homes. That'll be bittersweet. <laughs> <laughs> Can't we just escape to Hogwarts, throw these credit card debt aside? And... Right, right. By the way, I paid I... $20 to see this movie, but it was so worth it. Yeah. I um, mentioned this last week when we were talking about Johnny Depp. Jamie Campbell Bauer is the actor who played young Grindelwald. I really felt as though Johnny Depp's, with the hair at the sides, looked kind of a lot like he was dressed uh, like Jamie Campbell Bauer was in Death, the Deathly Hallows film. So. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. Actually, Jamie Campbell like Bauer was in Sweeney Todd. He just spent Johnny. a good amount of time in jail, which Grindelwald did. So uh, I know also on the last episode I mentioned, uh, he had a little bit of a haunting look to him, uh, yeah. much like Sirius Black did when he uh, broke out of Azkaban, right? Yeah. And we saw him for the first time in the Shrieking Shack I don't know what kind of protections the uh, Makuza, you know, equivalent of Azkaban has in place. Uh, is it Dementors? Is it something comparable to that? But he certainly looked a little worse for wear uh, in that carriage. Let's move forward. Hey guys, it's Nolan calling from Florida. Um, I just watched the new Fantastic Beast trailer and a couple thoughts. I overall really loved it, but my biggest complaint, which I had with the first Fantastic Beast movie, is nobody's dressed like a wizard. It's really strange to see Dumbledore inside of Hogwarts dressed just in a suit and tie like a normal muggle would be. Uh, but besides that, overall, I loved it. It was good to see Hogwarts. I really enjoyed the, the carriage pulled by Thestrals. That was really amazing. Uh, one thing, though, at minute 122, there's a figure in an exploding building kind of looks like graves i don't it's probably not graves i think he's most likely dead but the guy in that building kind of looks like graves so i wonder wonder what your thoughts are on who's the guy in the exploding building thanks bye thank you nolan who is also listening on patreon tonight maybe a little wishful thinking on the graves part but Um... i i see what you're talking about because he's wearing that long jacket he's got a tie on he does look like graves in fantastic beast one almost looks like he the side of his head has gray hair are we looking at the same king because i see i see a chick i see rosier like i see like a dress like uh like this is no. when when Credence destroys the what I called a birdcage last season. Right, and then the next shot is a guy with a tie. I a tie? I thought it looked yeah. exactly like 
Rosier as she's dressed in the scene with Grindelwald and the large crowd. Uh, I thought it's... I'll I'll disagree with you there. Okay. Okay. Do you need me to break the tie? Yeah, go ahead, Micah. Go look at 122 yourself. So we're talking about the person who is standing inside in the, the exploding house. building. Yeah, guy or girl. That to me it definitely looks like a guy. Woo! Okay. I am not seeing I you know, I must not have the HD on even though my, <laughs> the setting says HD and the title of this video is HD, I'm not seeing a tie, like a, a, a okay. necktie, like you're saying. So my bad. I don't but know. this is uh, an interesting scene to talk about because I don't think we did on the previous episode. It, it does give you that false transition going from Credence mm-hmm. appearing to release some beasts at the circus to this shot, uh, which is kind of eerily reminiscent of scenes we saw in the first film when Credence was busting through uh, different houses. So I wonder what this is. I wonder. Actually, you know, I just I just had a crazy idea while I was watching this. And, and as honestly, after I said the name Credence, could this be a flashback? Could that be, you know, Credence? Mm. Could it be his dad? You know, like, mm. and, and these are like the first, times of him actually experiencing becoming an obscurus maybe because it looks london e right in the in the shot it could very well be a flashback and that's in addition to not taking the sequencing of these scenes very seriously not reading into that too much yeah that's another good point they can be screwing us up with flashbacks yeah because you know we just talked about how if there's chance that he's was fathered by one of the Lestranges and you know perhaps they had no idea what was going on with him and this is uh this could be it or this just could be Credence present day running away from somebody else we really don't know and 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 they do like to do that in these trailers and I think it was referenced at another point right when they're inside the tent at the circus and then it cuts to a scene with Pickett trying to run away mm-hmm. and it's, there's like this red carpet on the floor and I, it's not the same scene. It just Purple looks carpet. like it's the same scene. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm going to guess that it is, it is in fact, Rosier and that she just tried to recruit Credence and that he busted out to escape. That is the standard definition analysis. Mike and I offering you HD. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough, guys. We're going to stay in Florida for our next voicemail. Hey, Mugglecasters, this is Chris from in Florida, and I came into this trailer kind of cautiously optimistic just because of the wonky title, but as soon as they had that shot coming over the hill seeing Hogwarts, I was full steam ahead. The hype train is off the rails. I'm super-duper excited seeing um, the new tone of the movie being more tense is really exciting, and especially seeing the expanded use of magic, being that the full-grown lizards from the kids in the bubbles to a lot of other little things. I'm really, really excited now. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to be fully on board. I hope you guys are stoked too, and I can't wait to hear uh, your thoughts on the show. Bye. All right. Beautiful voicemail. Short, sweet, energized. He just wanted to call in about that shot of Hogwarts. The hype train's off the tracks. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting a Hogwarts Express reference there. Didn't get one, but that's yeah. okay. I would that's what would it look I was excited by Hogwarts but I would have been really excited if we saw the Hogwarts Express again <laughs> I'm not sure so, it's gonna fit in the timeline here but can we see that again 
Yeah, some September 1st or something if the series ends on September 1st. Yeah. Just like it does in the epilogue. Hey. <laughs> Here's another happy voicemail. Hey, Mazelcast. Aiden here calling in from uh, Victoria, British Columbia. Uh, my opinion on the Fantastic Beasts 2 teaser trailer was actually overwhelmingly positive. Uh, I particularly like how Hogwarts looks. It's a very realistic depiction from what we see in the book. I also was surprised at how little Grindelwald there was, uh, particularly, uh, yeah, just little, a couple little scenes. So maybe it will be more of like the movie will be more of uh, Newton, the gang, uh, interacting with the crimes of Grindelwald rather than uh, Grindelwald himself. Yeah, can't wait to hear what you guys think and uh, see you next week. Bye. Yeah, we didn't really get any more of an explanation for that title. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I definitely, uh, among others, but especially me, complained about how it's too soon to name a film after Grindelwald. We have him for three or four other movies, and as recently as yesterday, I made a joke about the teaser trailer just being forty-five seconds of his face, um, because I thought Warner Brothers would probably—they've already doubled down on Johnny Depp. What would happen if they tripled down as well? But uh, yeah, the the amount of Johnny Depp in this trailer was minimal um i was pleased by it the shot we did get of his face andrew and i we both kind of like hey, yeah we can see that it's kind of like, you know we liked it um so i am pleasantly happy to be proven wrong i guess and um i don't know if there will be more to grindelwald in this movie or if it's going to be again as uh aiden said one of those titles where Grindelwald doesn't feature, but the movie is actually all about him. Yeah. Let's move along to our next voicemail. Hi, MuggleCast. This is Krista in North Carolina. I cannot wait to hear this episode because I'm <laughs> burning with questions after this trailer. Um, one thing that stood out to me was that Dumbledore was in the Defense Against the Dark Arts classroom in Hogwarts in that scene where they're asking him about New Scamander, which I thought that was really interesting. And I'm also hoping y'all will talk about the new Wizarding World logo with, with the wands. And Pottermore put up the breakdown of whose wand is who is which. And it seems that there are half Harry Potter characters, half Fantastic Beast characters with Dumbledore in the middle, which I just thought was a very interesting choice. So I'm hoping y'all will discuss that as well. Thanks. Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll save that. But I'll just say now Dumbledore kind of is the... It plays a huge role in, in both of these franchises. So I guess that's why his one would be in the middle. That makes sense. Yeah. But that is our main discussion this this episode. Yeah. We'll discuss that. 45 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Also, she brought up the classroom points. Yeah. So not much to rehash there. But thank you for sharing. And uh, we got two more here. Let's listen to this one. Hello, guys. This is Pablo from Mexico. Uh, I loved the trailer. I wasn't honestly expecting that much out of it since it was our first look at the movie. But, oh, my God, I was genuinely surprised with how good the movie looks. I mean, there have been a lot of problems leading up to the movie about external things from it. But just looking at the trailer, just focusing on it, I think it looks great. And I'm surprised since I'm not a huge fan of what David Jace did with the last few movies and the first Fantastic Beast one. 
but it looks visually astonishing. And I'm honestly real excited for it. Uh, well, that's it, guys. Thank you. I would just like to ask what was your favorite part from it. I think mine was Newt fighting alongside with his brother. Thank you. Bye. All right. Pablo, now a believer in Fantastic Beasts. I will agree that um, my favorite scene was when the two brothers stick their wands into the ground and create that wall. Like, that was just so cool to me. I thought there were three brothers. Uh, That's another yes. story. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> you know what? Cre- wait, Credence is the third brother because to uh, to Theseus, he's his wife's brother, his wife's half brother. So he's a half brother in law. So the three brothers are Newt, Theseus, and Credence. Anyway, my favorite <laughs> well, yeah. uh, my favorite scene is Dumbledore. Any period of time where he's either facing one direction and looking back behind him, smiling at Newt on the uh, rooftop, uh, or when he's at Hogwarts, I'm I'm quickly falling fast for Jude Law as Dumbledore. I uh, I like the escape scene, or what I've learned is the escape scene. <laughs> Thanks, Lego. Thank you, Lego. Uh, I just I just enjoyed um, you know the sort of the jump off from whatever building it is that he's being held in and and what looks to be there there also seems to be I don't know if we mentioned this but there's two people on brooms chasing them I don't know if they're chasing them or if they're part of the sort of the vanguard there escort yeah. uh, that's protecting him uh, but uh, and then to see the shot of Grindelwald uh, who this film has been named after um, I thought that was pretty cool yeah t- titular character I guess is what you can call it. A what? A titular character, meaning the title. Oh. The T I T. Is that a thing? Yeah. Yes. I'm um, already reading it in articles. Uh, I, about I write that word sometimes and I giggle. Yeah. Yeah. Can't for be read without you, a giggle. For those of you who are thirsting over Dumbledore, Deisha pointed this out a little while ago in the chat, but she said at the 21 second mark, in the trailer, you get a great shot of Dumbledam's booty. Dumbledam. 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 <laughs> yeah, it's sitting up against that desk. Dumbledam in the DADA office can put a spell on me anytime. Well, we have one more voicemail here. Let's um, get to that one and then we'll move on to the logo. Hi, MuggleCast. Laura here. I just wanted to call in and give you guys my thoughts about the Fantastic Beast trailer. I am so excited now for Fantastic Beasts. I love the focus on Newt and Jacob and Queenie. I think it looks really, really good. I still am not that fond of Johnny Depp as Grindelwald, but I am so here for Jude Law as Dumbledore. I think he is the perfect casting, and I am so excited. I cannot wait to hear you guys debrief this trailer, because it definitely has got me excited for November. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. Thank you. That was Lauren? Yes. Thank you, Lauren. I think. Let's listen back. Hi. Hi, MuggleCast. Laura here. I just Laura. Thanks, Laura. Laura. Yeah. Laura's here. Laura's back. Laura's okay. back. Before we get into our main discussion for this episode... We want to mention that it's sponsored by Beachbody On Demand, the online fitness streaming service that gives you unlimited access to a wide variety of highly effective, world-class workouts personalized to meet your needs. I've mentioned before uh, on this show that uh, my boy Tony Horton had me working out 
with the troops during the 22-minute hardcore program. But this week, I'm beginning the 21-day fix with trainer Autumn Calabrese and the three-week yoga retreat on Beachbody On Demand. There's also daily workouts that aren't part of extended fitness levels. Great Body Guaranteed, for instance, have you working uh, has you working five separate target areas all in less than 10 minutes each and they're all those workouts are a great place to start. Now I've paid for personal trainer experiences before at the gyms here in Chicago and I never felt like I had enough money to really book the trainers for like as many sessions as it would take to actually make a difference, you know, change my habits, improve my body, but with Beach Body on demand, you have hundreds of hours of workouts and trainer instruction at your fingertips. It's a no-brainer. It's an absolutely amazing program. Now, uh, right now, listeners of MuggleCast can get a free trial membership when you text MuggleCast, that's one word, to 303030. You're going to get full access to the entire platform for free, all the workouts and nutritional information as well. Beachbody streams to your computer, your web-enabled TV, tablet, smartphone, or web-enabled device, like anything. You need to give it a try. So just text MuggleCast, all one word, no spaces, to 303030, and you can get started with Beachbody On Demand. Awesome. I, I used it a couple weeks ago when it was raining, and I didn't want to go outside. And I was like, well, wait, I can get a workout right here. So I loaded up one of the workouts and got it done. Yeah, no, I've tried it out as well, and uh, it's definitely a great alternative, uh, especially during the weather here um in new york if you've seen it over the last uh, couple of weeks we've had a few nor'easters roll through so it's nice to be able to just pull it up on your phone and your computer and, and do a workout for 20 or 30 minutes yeah. yes the middle of march and it snowed today like it copious did. amounts yeah so glad i had beachbody yeah all right thank you beachbody Thank you also to Warner Brothers. They put together a new Wizarding World logo that covers the whole franchise. Well, it's a about year, time. Well, a year or two ago, they started labeling everything with J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World. And that was like the way to house everything under one brand. And actually, Mike and I had heard at Celebration of Harry Potter that they were getting ready to put together a new... Uh, logo slash put together new branding and i think i may have said to you mike i was like what else can you do besides say wizarding world like that's it right and so they have kept wizarding world but now they have this great new logo on top of it they've taken out jk rowling's name (laughs) (laughs) and so there's nine wands which form kind of like the nbc peacock logo yeah well, and, and, you know, the interesting thing is that the first time we saw this, I believe it was animated, right? It was during yesterday's video announcement of today's teaser trailer. Yeah. They had like the books and they, they tweeted it. It actually unfolds either like a book or like a peacock. I actually think it's a book. I think the bottom line is like a, a book with a spine in the center, you know? Right, right. It's like a fanned open book, a book that's been blown open. Yeah. And each of the wands represents a page, sort of. And so the wands are wands you will recognize from left to right are Voldemort, Ron, Hermione, Harry, Dumbledore. After defeating Grindelwald, it, he has the Elder Wand. So it's, it's the Elder Wand in the center. Then Newt, Tina, Queenie, and... 
Grindelwald's wand before coming into possession of the Elder Wand. So pretty cool. And like that voicemail had brought up, Dumbledore's wand is in the center and he is the glue between the two stories, isn't he? Yeah, and I I can see I, I love that the voicemail pointed out he's in the middle. He is the um the bridge between both worlds. But and it, but it is uh the reason that we know these wands, I started asking people on Twitter, I started asking my friends, but Pottermore actually wrote it out um and has a small segment on each of the the wands on their page announcing this logo. But the interesting part is that Dumbledore, like Dumbledore doesn't have the Elder Wand until after his defeat of Grindelwald in 1945. So technically for now, I think it's Grindelwald's wand contemporarily, contemporaneously with the movies we're watching. But then I wonder why young Grindelwald's wand is also there. Like, I'm confused. Is Dumbledore currently using young Grindelwald's wand because he now has the Elder Wand? Like... Young Grindelwald's no. wand is the last wand that should belong there. Because if Grindelwald has the Elder Wand, then at least Grindelwald will will be there. You know, like he's represented in this logo. I think he's... that's diving too deep into what they're trying to show here. Ugh. I just think that Voldemort and Grindelwald's wands, they are on the outside yeah. of both sides of this book logo type thing. That's true. So I, I like the logo. It surprised me. It's growing on me, I think. Do you guys think it is a nice way to represent the franchise on a whole? Because we're going to be seeing this everywhere. Yeah, this is this is going to be... I, I think it's a natural progression. I, I do genuinely like the logo. I like the font. I like everything about it. I like the way it was animated. And I'll be happy to no longer see Harry Potter's logo on stuff that has nothing to do with Harry Potter. Um, yeah. himself as a character, right? That was always the problem. That was what they're that was what they're trying to accomplish is be able to have a recognizable logo that doesn't have Harry with the lightning, uh, you know, for the P, right? Mm -hmm. And this is they've achieved that. So I'm very. But it's very still on the W. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. that's a nice little reference on the W. We see the lightning bolt, and then I noticed today that a couple of the letters have like beast scales on them like the the d at the very end has a scale on the top left as does the last r and the last g and the z and the z yeah yeah and i like the how the o kind of curls up in itself like uh and um like a the, spell movement an augury or uh or not augury um like a, yeah or like a spell absolutely like when you have to make the spells in the video game that's the, sort of the pattern mm -hmm. um Steve Clovis must be really, really happy with uh, this logo as a person because uh, his because uh, Hermione's wand is opposite Tina's, and he ships Harry and Hermione, Newton, <laughs> Tina are next to each other. Mm. I will say though that uh, I liked what you said, Eric, about how it really looks like a a book that's lying face open, and all these wands represent pages within that book. Overall, though, uh, like this doesn't mean anything to me. Like, I'll be oh honest. man, like, I, I, harsh critic shit. Wow, yeah. Well, the, well, I just I I understand the the need to rebrand. I get it. Yeah, uh, because you don't always want 
to be associated with the Potter story. I won't say mm-hmm. the Potter franchise because this is all part of the Potter franchise. I, it, it's like, okay, fine. Like it's, it's nine wands. And you know, to answer your question from before, I think this is supposed to be reflective of the story being complete. Right. Uh, so that's yeah. why you do have young Grindelwald's wand and you have Dumbledore's wand being the elder wand. This is supposed to be after everything is all said and done because you're including characters like, Ron and Hermione and Harry and Voldemort. So right, I just and, I like okay, fine. I mean it. it well, and, but it there's looks, details here, and that's why I think it yeah, was no, worth. There is a lot up. of detail. I'm just saying, like, uh, great. Like, I think okay. It, well, stop, here I'm going to be more positive. I think I think the book. I think the fact that it forms a book is a nice throwback to to, to the fact that the books did start it all. Yeah. And I will finally, my final point is that. I think this confirms that the Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts are what this franchise is all about for the foreseeable future. In other words, we're not going to get a spinoff that goes into completely separate territory. Well, you know, they could fit a little golden snitch in the spine <laughs> of the book. <laughs> That's true, actually. That is true. You can always well, add more wands. There's always room for more pages. What but I... Um, what mm. I was getting at, though, is is that what is it supposed to really do, though? Like, it, I mean, is it supposed to get you excited about something? Mm. It it just it doesn't do that. It's it's a logo, like, and well, I, no, this no, is it's, this is no. this is for official merchandising purposes. This is so that you know right. that it's officially licensed merchandise, as it has yeah. that seal of approval. Yeah, and in fact, it was okay. it was ballsy to take J.K. Rowling's name out of it. Because the the phrase Wizarding World isn't necessarily associated with Harry Potter. Like actually right now it there's is. I guess so, but the, uh, there's a there's a touring con called Wizard Con. Wizard yeah, yeah, World. But, but, Wizard but, World. But, right, but JK Rowling, it is specific to Harry Potter to use ING, to use wizarding. Yeah, world. but does everybody know that? Like if you ask my sister, no, but, I mean, tell me the difference a, between Wizard World and Wizarding World. Wizarding it's World, like, yeah. What? Oh yeah, the traveling cons that are Wizard World. I, I get it. Yeah. But Wizarding World is is strictly the intellectual property of J.K. Rowling um, now. And and if you if you think going back to 2010, it's the the theme park, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter theme right. park. And so this is this is the big blanket term that's now going to mean everything. And I'm glad that J.K. Rowling's name has been removed from the logo. Because truth be told, there are projects that she has little to no oversight on these days that are being oh, created. Oh, could that be what's going on here? This is going like to open the, the floodgates games. to non-JK Rowling sanctioned, officially licensed oh, material. Crap. That's what crap. it's going to be. You can no longer, in good faith, say JK Rowling on something if she had nothing to do with it. So mobile oh. games, Yeah. Unfortunately, oh, that's a good point. Damn it. Sorry. Guys. Like we knew this was coming because with Portkey games on the website, they were like, these are not written by JK. Rowling. I think she's still, I think she's still going to write the movies. It's going to be great. Like, oh, no, of course, yeah. but the games and who knows, maybe one day a TV show, maybe those won't be written by JK Rowling. This is the first step to push her out. Oh my God. They're taking JK Rowling out of it. I knew things were getting bad. <laughs> No, I, I don't think they're pushing her out. I was just joking. But this is a you're so right that this is their way of 
subtly telling us that not everything in the Wizarding World franchise is J.K. Rowling's creation, direct creation. So from a money standpoint, from but a every legal one standpoint. of the characters that are represented in these wands are her creation. So, yes, yeah, hers specifically. I, oh, thank God they didn't have like Delphine, uh, Diggory's wand. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Somebody photoshopped that. Oh man. No, I mean, <laughs> look, like, just, I, I, I don't have I, anything <laughs> meaningful you know to say here. I guess say is, what you really I, feel, I, Micah. You no, know, what, it's guys? stupid. It looks stupid. Like, what do you want? Uh, okay can i pause the show for a second it's it's 11 10 eastern michael worked today it's yeah. late he's getting cranky it's time for bed i understand i get it I agree. it's okay. we, we should uh start wrapping this it looks up like soon. like you said like a featherless peacock <laughs> <laughs> nobody said featherless nobody i said, said peacock but you're right <laughs> it does look like a bony peacock a bony. and look i mean they're affiliated with NBC Universal. Maybe they used it as an uh, influence. Oh no, it's subliminal messaging. NBC. Now every, now every time I see this Wizarding World logo, I'm going to think NBC. Ah, oh, Wizarding World. But it's got to be synthesized. Rowling is only loosely associated these days with the Wizarding World. Right. <laughs> so my big question, time in, by the way. My big question about all of this is, are they, since they have the Wizarding World of Harry Potter theme park, they have the Wizarding World logo, are we going to start seeing celebrations of the Wizarding World? Not just celebrations of Harry Potter, but are we going to see Fantastic Beasts actors at the convention that they do every year in January at, in Florida? You know, Are we going to start seeing uh, a more seamless integration of non-Harry Potter stuff into the, the day-to-day? No. I, I, well, the question for me would be, where are they going to use this? Merchandise? Yeah. On the back of books? At yeah. the end of trailers? At the beginning um, of trailers? But on the back of what books, though? If you're saying that it's not officially tied to J.K. Rowling anymore. No, it's... no. It, well, it, it can be. It just doesn't have to be. It's not officially tied to... It, it's officially tied to the Wizarding World. I'm saying that by removing J.K. Rowling's name from it, if you look at Port Key, if you look at one of the new Harry Potter video games coming out, it says J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World. That kind of implies that J.K. Rowling had involvement in this game, right? When she didn't, mm-hmm. so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, if they can't do false advertising, so they yeah. had to remove it. So having the Wizarding World, you know, they're going to end up uh, releasing another seven Harry Potter book hardcover paperback with the Wizarding World logo on it instead of anything else. Yeah. <sighs> Just All right. Oh boy. Well. And I'll tell you also on Pottermore right now, top left of the site. It's got the new Wizarding World logo. You go to is Curse it? Child, got the new Wizarding World logo. Oh my god. Everything is, is now housed under that Wizarding World logo. I hate logo. that. Yeah. Well, I, I did have a question about the the video they released yesterday showing the Wizarding World logo had a series of people with the wands up in front of their faces at the end of the video. You guys catch this? I did. And did you get? Did, did we miss an email? Did we miss like an invitation? I know Warner to... Brothers didn't tell us to put our wands up. I'm like, yeah, come on. I need to have my wand ready. I just, I think that that's that's pretty cool that they had whoever these people. Yeah, are. it was a cute little campaign. Yeah, little thing. Um, all right. I think we said what had to be said. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> Mike that's... is ready to bed. We're gonna tuck him into his Casper mattress. <laughs> Should we play some Quizage first? Did let's, we have one? Let's play some Quizage. Yes, okay. we do. 
do indeed. <clears throat> I I do want to know though, and and we can save this for a future episode. Like, what do listeners think about this logo? Because I can't believe that I'm all by myself here and, and <laughs> not not caring. N- n- yeah, I, I think that's a better way to put it. It's, I'm not. I know I, I was a little critical of of the actual logo itself, and and honestly, I I do like the the book feel to it, but I I just I, I don't really care one way or the other. I think you 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 no, framed I it think, the right way. Do I care one way or the other? Either not really, but I think it's worth talking about for one episode. No, no, it, it yeah, no, absolutely, it's worth talking about. I just. That, nothing like jumps out at me to say and and i guess sometimes better not say anything at all but mm-hmm. uh, yeah i mean it, it it they needed a rebrand it's it's fine i'll leave okay. it at that all right okay cool uh well let's get over to quizich then last week's question who was the goblin that was with griphook in the forest when the trio discovers the potter watch crew this was of course the question coming from uh deathly hallows and just pulling up uh, the the winners' names over here on our Twitter, but the correct answer to the question was Gornuk. And now I'm trying to find out why that wasn't okay. Gornuk, yes. And we have Mikhail, Anders, Drew, Ryan, Nolan, Sean, Brady, and Just Sarah get that answer correct. Ryan Nolan said to us, "It's my boy Gornuk." Posting up and camping out with Dean Thomas. That was the answer to last week's Quizich. Uh, This week's question is as follows. Name the three wizarding publications known to have published Dumbledore's academic papers. This is a real hard one. I know there's a varying degree of difficulty to these weekly Quizich questions, but this one was submitted by one of our listeners and patrons, Andrew V., and uh, I think it's as good a question as any. So as always, play Quizich via Twitter. Just send us the answer um, to each week's question as it airs and get your name shouted out. Michael will do it tomorrow as it's time for bed now. Thanks, everybody, That's... for listening. This is a um, the last episode was a bonus episode. So everyone's getting five episodes this month Love or it. six if there are five Mondays in March. Let me see. We appreciate your support. We'd love your support over on Patreon. We may go over... Well, no, we won't because still 500, first 800, $5 plus patrons. It might not be too late to get one of those new MuggleCast mugs. The first 800 people who pledge $5 or more on patreon.com slash MuggleCast will get the 2018 MuggleCast mug. You also get a host of other benefits, including bonus MuggleCast installments, access to our recording studio. You can essentially listen to each episode early by listening to our live stream. You can listen to us make mistakes. You can listen to us get cranky at each other. Not at each other, just at logos. True, true. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Micah. Bye, everybody. Good night. Good night.